Hey everyone, welcome to our Strong Mind, Strong Body podcast. I'm your host, Angie Miller, and today we are going to talk about a really cool personality inventory called the Enneagram. And the reason why I'm so intrigued by the Enneagram is that I think that us as trainers, anything that we can do to deep dive into our personality and our personal psyche, what our motivations are, how we relate to other people, it really improves our relationships with our clients and our relationships with significant significant others and everyone else who we interact with in this world. So we are people, people. And so we really need to have a deep understanding of who we are. And that really, really improves our relationships. So we're going to talk about the Enneagram, what it can teach us about our personality and how we can apply it to our work. Well, I'm not an Enneagram expert. So I brought on somebody who is, her name is Jana Thomason, and she is an Enneagram coach, and she's going to help us understand a little bit about the Enneagram and how we can apply it to our work. So I'm going to welcome Jana. Hey, Jana, how are you? Hi, Angie. So great to be here. All right. So good to have you. So Jana, tell us a little about yourself, because you've got a lot of wonderful experience from being a nurse to being an Enneagram coach. Do tell, Okay. Yeah. So, um, my name is Jana Thomason and I've been a nurse for 23 years and I've always been intrigued by, um, the humanity of people and, um, worked in a lot of different areas, critical care, waking people up from anesthesia. I've worked in, um, nursing education as well as informatics. And it's always been super interesting and insightful, um, for me to be able to understand that everybody, sees, reacts, um, feels, acts differently. And so the Enneagram came into my life when I was experiencing a lot of burnout, a lot of um, uh, life, like big life circumstances. My dad had passed away. My husband was sick. And so um, understanding and being able to put language to how I felt, how I thought and how I acted was um, very, very powerful. And um helped me kind of cope through a lot of that. And so I now want to share that with everybody that I can. Um, the Enneagram is a great tool um, just for that, to understand people, to understand yourself and how to make those relationships better. You know, I'm really glad you brought that up because I think that that's really pivotal. And in our conversation, that's something I didn't know about you. So thank you. Um, it's when, you know, people in our world get sick, like when my mom got sick, when um, we move, because um, we've moved a lot of times. That's when I really want a deeper understanding of who I am and how I interface with the world. Because whether it's that, you know, you were experiencing burnout because of all the heavy things going on in your life. And that is such a true fact that when there's really a lot going on in our world, it impacts our work and it impacts the way that we feel about ourselves and other people. And sometimes it comes in because we look at other people and we're like, how come you're still moving about the world as if nothing's wrong and my world just came crashing down on me? And that happens a lot when we lose people we love or something really impactful happens. And I think that I'm glad you brought up the Enneagram because Honestly, with this global pandemic, it's really what made me want to have you on and, and to talk about the Enneagram, because I feel like a lot of us are going through that. We're going through this weird phase of who am I and what's going on with me? I'm not as motivated and I'm not as eager to get out of bed in the morning and I feel off my routine. Okay, maybe it's just me. I'm admitting those are some things that I'm experiencing and 
I just thought I was coming out of it. And then we're kind of going back into this stay at home thing. And I'm like, ah, you know, I'm not really sure what work is anymore because work looks very different than it did. So thank you for talking about that. I'm sorry to hear that your dad was sick and, um, or that you lost your dad and that your husband was sick. And so thank you for using the Enneagram as an impetus to get you back on your feet. That's a, that's powerful. Yeah. It's a great tool for transformation. It, it really does allow you a path to um, become that best version and, and a more healthy version of yourself. All right. So let's go into that. Yeah. Speaking of that path, let's go down that path. Let's all get in a car together and we're going to get behind the wheel and we're going to drive to a new destination. And the destination that Jan and I are going to take you to is the Enneagram path to enlightenment. <laughs> Sounds like we're on a meditation retreat. I love it. So let's get behind. Let's get in everybody. Let's pile in. There's not too many people. We can fit everybody. So let's talk about the Enneagram. I understand it to be not just a personality test, but a self-discovery tool, a tool that helps us understand our motivations. Why do I do what I do? Even why do I say what I say and understand our relationship with other people? So tell us a little bit about that. Tell us a little bit more about the Enneagram itself. You know, when we look it up, what's it going to tell us that it does for us? Yeah, so it is a psychological and spiritual personality typing system that um, gives us knowledge about um, our behaviors and our motivations. And so some of these um, behaviors and motivations are beautiful, and that's what people love about us. Um, it's those qualities that, that people really um, you know, see that beautiful side of you. It's an authentic place inside of us. And then um, these are, you know, our greatest strengths. And then we also have these other behaviors that I like to call adaptive um, that have been added on over time through fear, through shame, through anger. And so there's nine different personality um, uh, types that help us understand that authentic and that adaptive. It helps us understand why we think the way we do, how we, um, why we feel the way that we do, why we act, why we react. And um, what happens is, is when we can put language and understanding to that, we can start to become aware of how um, our responses, our triggers, um, how that can affect our quality of life, as well as our relationships with other people. So it gives us this awareness um, to understanding the differences between people and how you can come together and meet in the middle. We're in a really, really... Um, crazy time right now and lots of different feelings on both sides of many, many different issues. And so this tool can help us kind of come in the middle and um, understand other people. All right. So wait, are you saying that people feel differently in our world today? <laughs> what? Okay. So I agree. And again, this is why I wanted to really go into the Enneagram now more than ever is because it doesn't just have to be big things that we've experienced in our lives. And yes, a lot of people have been experiencing loss in their lives in the midst of loss of a job, loss of loved ones, um, sickness, illness, division and views. So there is so much that we can learn by understanding ourselves and understanding those around us. And what I heard you say is that Enneagram is psychological and spiritual. It helps us to understand our behavior and our motivations. There are nine types and we are going to talk about those, you know, later in another episode, but also it helps us to understand why do I think the way I think? 
why do I feel the way I feel? And how come sometimes I react and into something instead of respond in a positive way? But I love what you said is that it gives us language. You know, when we have words to describe who we are, we can authentically um, kind of gauge our behaviors and our actions when we're around other people. But when we really don't understand ourselves, that's when we're likely to trigger. And, and, and again, my favorite saying is those who can't control their emotions, control other people with them. So when we don't have personal insight, everyone else has to suffer our emotions. And guess what? They don't love that about us, right? So other people do not want to take on the burden of our emotions. So let's do this. When you and I had spoken, you had talked about three centers of intelligence. And I thought that was fascinating. And you said that was a perfect foundation to really start to understand the Enneagram. So do you want to start there, starting with the three centers of intelligence? Yeah. And, you know, these the centers of intelligence are great, even if you don't know much about the Enneagram. I mean, it's a great introduction. And so um, we all know that we have this brain, we have this um, intel intelligence, this head intelligence, but current research also suggests that we have um, this heart intelligence and this body or gut intelligence. In fact, sometimes um, your body or your gut can know things before your head does. So the Enneagram offers us this um, awesome ability to grab from all three centers of intelligence. We have this body or gut um, and we call this um, the GQ or heart or emotional intelligence. And that's um, something really, really um, kind of uh, in the in the research and um, evidence recently is the, the heart or emotional intelligence. And then um, we also have that head intelligence. And what we find is that some people live... Um, most of us live out of a center of intelligence um, dominantly. So, for example, for me, I am a heart person. I, I say I feel a lot. I have a lot of feelings. Um, you might uh, know somebody that says I think a lot. They're, they're always in their head. And so um, if it's OK, I'd like to go ahead and kind of talk about each one. Is that OK, Angie? I think that's perfect because what I got so far is that we have our head, we have our heart, and we have our body. And yes. when we think about our head, we think about our thoughts. When we get upstairs, I call it going up into the attic. Sometimes I go up exactly. into the attic and somebody steals the key and I get stuck up there and I'm like, wait, please let me out. I don't like hanging out here with my thoughts. They're overwhelming sometimes and I can't find my way back down the stairs. And then our heart, which is our emotions. And sometimes I get stuck in here and the next thing you know, I'm all weepy. Don't tell anybody. And then our body, which is our gut. And uh, I remember saying to my daughter a couple of years ago, what you see is what you see. What you feel is what you feel. Trust your instincts. Sometimes as women, we shut down our instincts and we say, oh, that can't be true. Or we excuse things away. And I don't know, maybe men do it too. I'm not a man, but I do think that this is pivotal. So yes, please deep dive. I'm going to take copious notes for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. So this is really, um, really insightful. So heart people, we're going to start there. And, and what's the best way that we can do is actually grab from all of these centers of intelligence. You know, we may not even realize that we're living out of our heart all of the time or up in the attic of our head. And so um, what I would take from this information is to grab from all three. So starting with heart people, they trust their um, heart connection more than anything else. They rely on feelings and relationships to guide them. 
And when a connection breaks, they feel distressed and want to do everything they can to regain affection and approval. Um, uh, their core motivation is approval and affection um, and the negative fixation that, that the heart center of intelligence struggles with is shame or fear of humiliation. Um, they're driven by feelings, by image. Um, and the, the voice inside that's maybe saying, I'm not enough, I must prove I have worth. So they um, have a tendency to see and feel the energy of people around them. They make you feel good. They look for love outside themselves, um, but can be anxious and a little man manipulative. Life is very focused outward. Um, they like people. They adapt. They're concerned with image, prestige, um, even though it might be unconscious. Sometimes they can give away their power in relationships. Um, they may appear self-confident and happy, but many times underneath are not. They have hard, um, a hard time asking for help as well as accepting help. And um, their whole goal is to understand people. And sometimes they can ignore objective facts and just stick with their feelings. And so that's where it's really important for them to get out of their feelings sometimes and maybe go to their head or their body. So let's stay with that one for a minute, because I don't know about our listeners, because, you know, we have millions of listeners out there, Jana, but um, yeah, I don't know about our listeners, but I'm automatically, my head is, um, is telling me who I know who is heart centered. And I am a bit heart centered as I hear it, but I know someone who is spot on heart centered in everything that you just said, but I want to introduce you again first. So I'm speaking to Jana Thomason. She is a nurse and she is also an Enneagram coach. And we're talking about the Enneagram, both as a personality inventory, but as kind of a, a self insight type of inventory that can help us better understand ourselves in the world around us. And during these global times where there's a lot of deep misunderstandings among us as humans, I think that anything we can do to build better understanding about ourselves helps us to have empathy for us, but also empathy for those around mm -hmm. us. At the end of the day, you know what, guys, none of us are going to have empathy for other people if we don't first have empathy for ourselves. And really and truly, if we're guarded and we don't know who we are, we are not going to interface well with other people. So I want to do a real quick review, Jana, of what you said and see if I got it all. Okay. In case they just, in case somebody just tuned in. We're talking about the three centers of intelligence, the head, the heart, and the body. And I thought it was interesting, Janet, because you said you're a heart person and you started with heart. <laughs> so I don't know if that was yeah. intentional, but <laughs> so heart people are very emotive. They say, I feel versus I think. Okay. Mm -hmm. So they are, they're full of a lot of emotions, a lot of feelings, relationships are super important to them. They want affection and approval, but the darker side of that, or maybe the um, more difficult uh, challenge for those types of people is that underneath all of that can be a layer of shame. Um, they, they can peel up when you peel all that away, that need for approval can translate to shame if they feel like they don't get it. Um, a fear of humiliation, a fear of not being enough, that that underlying fear of am I worthy? And, and truth be told is that that negative inner critic for a lot of us asks that question to all of us at some point. Am I worthy? Um, do I have what it takes? That type of thing. They feel the energy of people around them. And my guess is they probably take on that energy a lot. They can be anxious and that can also translate to some manipulation 
And sometimes they can give their power away and they can ignore facts because they're so busy feeling. And that is why as therapists, we often say feelings are not facts. Ah, okay. We can feel it, but it's not a fact. All right. Did I get that? Do I get yeah, it? You did a great job. You did a perfect job. Yes. All right. So let's move on. What do you want to tackle next? Okay, so let's talk about the head center of intelligence. And these um, types, they protect themselves from the vulnerability of heart by, by moving to their heads. And they engage the world through mental activity, through knowledge, through planning for contingencies. And they really do trust reason and brain power and sometimes can dismiss um, heart Heart people as lightweights and gut people as reactionary. Um, and many times they're going to ask, like, where am I? And so they process everything through thinking and planning carefully before taking action. Um, they are motivated by security and survival. And that negative fixation that the center of intelligence is that fear and anxiety. And um, the narrative that you might hear is I won't have enough or... Um, or I'll get what I want. So they mentally connect. Um, they live by a plan. They use strategy. They were very comfortable in school. Um, they loved learning and they want to understand everything. And that negative focus is fear. You know, sometimes they internalize it. Sometimes they externalize it. Um, they want safety and they want to, um, the way that they find that is from their inner world. They hang out in their head um, and they believe everything can get worked out in their head. Um, sometimes they struggle sharing with other people. Um, they might miss moments where they wish they would have spoke up because they are in their head. Um, when they're trying to figure out something um, in their head, may maybe others have already moved on. So life to them is a problem that needs to be evaluated, addressed, and maybe even solved. Okay. So I took some notes here. I want to go back over this. So again, I'm talking to Gianna Thomason. She's a nurse and she's an Enneagram coach. And we are deep diving into the Enneagram and how it is not just a personality inventory, but it is, it gives us personal insight into ourselves and our relationships with other people and how we interact with other people. As trainers, guys, I can't tell you how important I think that this is because we are not just educating our clients. We are developing relationships with our clients and relationship building is what keeps our clients with us for years and years and years to come. And so it's the relationship that people hold on to, just like we hold on to relationships in our world. We build relationships with our with people. We even build relationships with physicians. We build relationships with our dentist, our eye doctor. We don't hop around and go to somebody different every time. I go to the same hairdresser once I find one that I like because it's about relationship building. Because what are relationships? The foundation is trust. So our clients have to be able to trust us. And in order to trust us, we have to show up consistently and really understand who we are. So Jana just described, she's talking about the three centers of intelligence. She talked about the heart and now we're talking about the head. And I know a head person, believe me, I do. And this is my husband spot on, right? So he protects his vulnerability. He focuses on knowledge, reason, brain power, can think that other people who, who move differently through this world are reactionary. He wants security and survival. And a lot of times that translates to fear and anxiety, making sure we have enough. We got to, you know, plan, plan, plan. There's got to be a plan for a plan. And they love to learn, but they want safety. And the way that they create safety is through their own inner space, right? They don't necessarily share where they're at because they protect their vulnerability. How'd I do with the head people? You did great. 
You did great. Right. I'm glad it resonated. Um, many times we'll see the, see our loved ones and, and the people around us in, in these descriptions. All right. So let's do the body. Okay. Yeah. So the gut or the body center of intelligence, um, they know in their gut whether or not they like someone or if something is good or bad. So they trust their gut more than anything. And um, it makes it easy for them to jump in without a second thought. So gut people can um, sometimes judge head people um, saying that they're too slow and heart people um, may be too concerned about what people think. So they um, many times will ask like, how am I? And they respond at that gut honestly and directly. And it's all about um, um, power and control. The negative fixation that these types struggle with is um, anger and guilt. And you might hear these types say, I've had enough or I haven't done enough. And so this is the, the intuitive doing triad, acting triad, um, center of intelligence. So they feel everything through their belly. Um, they read the world through their gut. Um, they can figure out conflict, joy, and hidden agenda through their gut. They just have this instinct. Um, and they can hold their ground rather than adapt. They may have some boundary issues. Um, they're concerned with justice and um, they find it very interesting who's in control, who has the power. Um, they don't wanna be dismissed or ignored. They take control. They do, um, they can take control really easily. And um, because of their knowing is really deep in their gut, they can sometimes be um, inflexible. And so once they make up their mind, they've made it. And um, a reputation is important to them. So sometimes if, um, if you don't meet expectations with these types, they get silent and withdraw. So many times they'll have dualistic thinking, right, wrong, black, white. Um, and uh, so yeah, that's the gut center of intelligence. All right. So I'm writing this down. So the, the body, the gut people are like, you know, um, how am I? They're always, they check in with themselves. Mm -hmm. They do have a tendency to like, to feel like they have power or they're in control of a situation. It can translate sometimes to anger. They might react a little more, um, with a little more anger and, and maybe even guilt because they need this power and this control. Um, they might, you know, just throw up their arms and say, I've had enough. They have some boundary issues, um, because maybe because they want to be in control. So maybe they assert themselves into situations um, because they want to know who has the power in this situation or in this relationship. They might be a little inflexible and they might be more likely to withdraw if things don't go their way. And they have a lot of black and white thinking. It's this way or it's this way. Gosh forbid we consider that it might be another way that somebody else feels. Did I did I get that okay with the body you did people? Great. You did great. Yes. All right. Yeah. So, you know, when, when I think about these three centers of intelligence, I know that I was personally, you know, my mind was trying to fit everybody into that. But I know that there's also nine types and we're going to talk about those in another episode. But I'm assuming, Jana, that in order to really help us bring all of this together, you're going to be able to come back and say, okay, types blah, 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 fit into this center of intelligence and types, you know, three, four, five fit into this center. Am I right on that? Yeah, definitely. Um, so this is kind of that that basic three buckets. Um, and and what, what it's important to do is to know that you don't need to stay in that one 
place that you're you're familiar with, you're comfortable with. It's really important to be able to step out and to step into, you know, for example, a heart person. It's really important for me to step into a head, my head intelligence and look at the facts here. You know, what are the objective facts? And then it's also important for me um, to step into that body center and take action and do something instead okay. of. I'm glad you brought that up because I was thinking that. <laughs> Because if we go to a flexible body, mind, soul, the whole thing, we do have to be able to step into different versions of ourselves, mm -hmm. even as fitness pros. Let's say those fitness pros out there who teach group fitness classes. I know that if you teach yoga, you are your Zen instructor. But if you go in and teach cycle, it's like, ah, you know, you're a completely different instructor. Just like we show up differently in our work environment than we are at home. We might be able to tap into our heart when we're talking to somebody who's going through something very, very challenging and difficult, even if we're not a heart person. We might be able to go up into our head when it comes to finances. And I'm glad you said this because I think that flexibility is key. We have to be able to navigate the world and move through it flexibly, not rigidly, because rigidity is no one's friend. And if we really want to be people, people, and we want to develop relationships with people, we have to be able to step out of who we are and resonate with who other people are, not from a place of judgment, but from a place of acceptance that thank goodness that all what seven and a half, say 8 billion people on this planet earth are not me. Oh my gosh. Thank you. Okay. Because I, I can only handle one of me. Right. 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 So yeah, I'm really glad you said that. I think it's important that we navigate all these things. So again, I'm talking to Dana Thomas and we're talking about the Enneagram and I'm talking to you trainers. I'm talking to you group fitness instructors. I'm talking about why we need to understand and open the door to self-discovery, especially now and why we can be these pivotal people who make a really big difference in our world and help people interact with one another more positively and help us interact with people more positively because we're changing agents. People are looking to us during this time to get in better shape emotionally and physically. Okay. I would like to know what my cat and my dog are because they won't leave me alone. And they keep showing up in the camera behind me. You see a white tail or you hear Bodie, my dog, you know, scratching his paws. I don't have my babysitter today. <laughs> so, so all that said, Jana, I, I have a couple more questions for you because we are going to talk about the nine centers of intelligence, but we're going to do that in our next episode. And I'm going to tell everybody why we're going to continue this, why we're going to stay in the car and continue our journey. Because remember at the beginning of the episode, I said, let's all get in a car and let's all take a road trip, a journey into the Enneagram and let's do some self-discovery. Let's roll down the windows and let in some insight. So um, one thing I do want to say is, Jana, we're, we're introducing this to trainers, and, and I want to leave you with one question. Given the insight that you're giving us, if we leave this episode today and we all get on and we take an Enneagram test, because I already did, and I want to talk about who I am and, and kind of deep dive into that. But if we go and take this Enneagram test, do we have enough information to help us understand without hiring like a coach to dissect our results. Can you give us some insight? Yeah, you know, so the tests, um, the assessments are a great starting point and they kind of, they can give you information to um, kind of start that that discovery journey. Um, they're not the end all be all. And the thing with the Enneagram is that you're the only one that can decide your type. 
So it's, it's that motivation within you. You may act different and look different on the outside. And that's where this test is a little bit different from the Myers-Briggs or the DISC or the Clifton Strengths. Those are all very much um, outward type of um, tests. The Enneagram is definitely how you're motivated and you're the only one that can tell that. So yes, um, I think if you were to go out and to take a test today, it would give you a great starting point. Um, and try to lead you kind of in that direction. Yes. Okay, good. And I know you talked to me about taking the WEPS. I took the W-E-P-S-S and it cost me $10. And for mm -hmm. me, the $10 was worth it. It shot me back a ton of information. And because I'm a geek when it comes to personality and, and relationships, um, I have a book on order and I want to really deep dive into this because I... I mean, I personally think that the more we understand about ourselves, the, the better everything in our world is. Personal insight is everything. I, you know, I'm doing a, a session at Optima on emotional intelligence. Yeah. This is emotional intelligence. I cannot emphasize enough how important it is for us as people, uh, as trainers, to be emotionally intelligent, to really have a deeper understanding of ourselves. So Gina, you are a, whole, a part of my whole equation of building emotional intelligence for trainers. So thank you. Um, and so, you know, is there any last thoughts that you want to leave everybody before we end this episode and before everybody gets on their computer and digs in and takes an Enneagram? Um, there's the WEPP or WEPSS. What's the free one that they could also take? Um, Truity is a free one. Um, Truity.com. It's T-R-U-I-T-Y. Okay. So if you all who are listening, if you want to take the Truity or the WEPS and you want to come back next week, we're going to go into the nine types. But even if you don't, come back because I want you to hear the nine types. And then I want to fit those into the three centers of intelligence. And then I'm going to tell you what I am and tell you some of the nuances of that and why I kind of agree, disagree, and why it's really important. And I've taken other personality inventory. So I can use this as kind of a, it's not the end all be all. And I know that I can move myself differently through the world, depending on who I'm interacting with. So again, this, you know, thank you, Gina Thomason, for coming on and talking about the Enneagram. Thanks to all of our NASM and APA people out there. We love you. We are so glad you're here. I hope you come back next week because we're going to deep dive into the nine centers of intelligence. And we're really going to give you a better understanding of how it can improve your communication with your clients, even if you don't even take the Enneagram between now and then. All right. So thanks to all of you. I will see you next week. Mm -hmm.